RTL Original Podcast. Today's guest is a listener favourite. Tom Lykeburns is the Artistic Director and General Manager of the Grand Theatre of Luxembourg. We have invited him back for a second interview, but this time to talk on a much more personal level about his life as a gay man growing up in the 80s in Luxembourg and as somebody who is now the proud father of two twin girls. He shares the hardships that he faced regarding his sexuality and his identity and he reveals what it is that got him through it. Now, if you've ever been lucky enough to meet him, you will have noticed that he has a magical zest for life that visibly glows from his very core. I sit him down and figure out what it is that makes him shine so much. So the interview that we did with you before was very popular with our listeners. We've invited you back a second Mm. time, Tom. So welcome back. Hello. For those who missed that first interview, could you just very quickly take us back to your childhood and explain what it was about theatre that you fell in love with? Well, it's it's funny, you know. I, I, I all I remember is I just remember this strong desire to become an actor. Uh, I, 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 I must have. You know, I mean, my mother was an actress uh, in the 60s and uh, I don't know, but probably maybe something through the genes as well. But from a very, very young age, I mean, we're really talking here, you know, as soon as you joined the Boy Scouts or, you know, at, at, at that lo- young age, I always wanted to um, to be an actor. And, you know, going to the theatre, you know, very, very early on, seeing all these productions at the Centaur and, and looking and going to the Conservatoire and doing my speech lessons, my diction in French, in German. And... Um, you know, I, I, it, 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 I can only imagine that it was in my genes. It was just mm-hmm. something that I, I was really, I was always a, a very um, um, outgoing person. I was always quite a, you know, um, um, charismatic and, uh, you know, uh, happy to dance and being in the local dance group. I was always, always the only boy. All the girls would, go, I would, I would join the Girl Scouts, you know, because they were doing the theatre. They were doing all the performing arts stuff, and I just joined them. And obviously, my dad was like, "Oh God, where's that going to go? Where's that going to go?" Um, but I, I, I just did it, and. Um, so, you know, it is something that I've had from a, from a very young age. And then it was interrupted for a bit, you know, because of love and because of youth and because you think, oh, well, you know, you, you open up a laundry with your first boyfriend. You think that's a good idea, <laughs> which it might have been. But then it, things all turned out differently. And then obviously, you know, escaped to London. And, and that's when I thought. And, and actually, I, the thought then, um, it was when I was in London that I really thought, I'm in the capital of theatre. I've got to now try and make this happen you know uh, audition for drama school and and the rest is kind of history but you know you know drama school the the rest and then uh, you know and then again this change into ending up as a producer and then ending up you know being being the director but you know I think that the bottom line is is like even when you think your life is not what you want it to be even when you when you're feeling down and when you think there is no options for you or because of whatever reasons is you know get up dust yourself off you can do it I've been down, down, down many, many times and thought, God, you know, what have I got myself into here? You know, being with, you know, in, in, an, in an unhappy relationship in this laundry when I just thought I was, I was so young, you know, and I'm t- early to 20, 21. And I just thought, no, this is not for me. And I took the risk and I took the liberty and I spoke to people and I got out and I went to London. And then from then on, my life took on a completely different path. And then again, you know, I just thought, oh, well, I'll just, I'll just try doing it and, and, and look where it got me. And it was certainly not, you know, as I probably said in my last interview, it was never 
never my ambition to become the director of the Teatro de la Ville. Nothing could be further from it. I wanted to be an actor, but I think in order to be what you want to be, I think you also have to be open to many, many other things. And then they might lead you somewhere where you didn't expect, but that's actually, you know, even more amazing than than, than what you originally wanted. So, yeah. Tom, you know what's so interesting? When... When in person, when you're here and you, you, I hear you speak, you've got the most wonderful voice, you don't strike me as somebody who has been through hardship. Hmm. You don't strike me as somebody, you know, you just said you've been really, really, really down and, you know, and that's very honest of you, but you don't come across as somebody who has had to struggle at all hmm. to get what you want. Um. Not true. <laughs> You're not tainted by whatever it was that you've mm. been through. That is so beautiful. Um, but do tell us why you think you don't come across that way, despite having been through things. Well, I think part of it is a gift, a gift of nature to have that spirit. I have an indomitable spirit. Mm-hmm. When I'm at my lowest is when I'm not giving up and that's when that spark reignites. You know, I was in an abusive relationship at the age of 18. I really didn't know. I mean, I I was at the point of considering all sorts of things, um, stuck in something that I got myself into uh, that I didn't think I was going to be able to get out of and I I thought it was going to end badly. And and when I was at my lowest, that's when I realised, no, no. uh, And you know what it is? It's like this... This can't be it. This is not the path for you, Tom. This cannot be how your life was meant to be. And then it's about, you know, seeking, you know, speaking to people and obviously my parents. And and at that time it was, you know, and, and I and I got out and I got myself together and thought, no, this isn't it. And I and I did that. And whenever that happened again, it's like, you know, you know, my time at drama school was was really, really tough. You know, I wasn't the typical student. I was gay. I was, you know, there were lots of things and you've got to shake it off. And it was this and it was that. And it was all, you know, all that kind of stuff that, you know, all my, you know, the stuff about my sexuality, you know, I was bullied at school. And I think it is through hardship that you grow. And I mean, the day that I someone told me, you know, I was down, I didn't want to go to school anymore. And then, you know, I don't know who said it, who said to me, you know, have you ever thought taking it with humour? Just not care what they think and the day I remember uh, I remembered vividly that that day at school when they were going again oh yeah have you been at the gay club yesterday you know blah 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 I was like, yeah yeah I did why do you want to come are you interested <laughs> you know and I just slipped it round and that was the day it stopped and that oh my you know to just realise that and it's true you have to accept yourself and you have to you have to accept that maybe some other people see it to different in a different way and the minute you do that all of that just evaporates. Um, you know, I know I, I, I probably this is not the answer you want. It's very difficult to to explain why I think I am, that I think it's part of who I am. But I also think it's it's my my personal story has made me into into that. And having seen how things can turn around, if mm-hmm. you just look at it from a different side and never give up and never think that, you know, it can't happen. You know, I, yeah. Exactly. As a, as a, you know, and I, I grew up as a gay man in the, in the 80s in Luxembourg. I thought I was the only one. You know, I thought it's school. There was no one else that was gay. You know, I was, I was having a terrible time. And then it turned around and then you grow older. But I also think that's that resilience. Yes. That's that resilience that's built up. I mean, to, to knock me, of course, you need to get up very early. 
because it's a force of nature, mm -hmm. you know. And, and I think because I know that things can happen and I know that it can be done, but it, it takes hard work and, and you know, but um, and I have that positive attitude and I'm, you know... Um, God, it's a brilliant attitude. I can like feel it just from this side of the room. I can feel that that's where your tenacity comes from. You know, the first thing you said was, I'm really good in a crisis. And I sort of thought, wonder what makes him so good in a crisis. And mm. I think that's what it is. What were your parents like? Were they supportive of you? And do you think that your mum being an actress meant that it gave you, not a free pass, but it gave you a sort of reason to pursue something less conventional? Yes. Um, you know, my parents, I think, um, struggled. Mm -hmm. um, I yeah, think, you mentioned your dad, yeah. You know, uh, who's obviously now looking back, you know, and if he, if he did hear this, you know, he would smile and say, yes, you know, that was a bad time. But again, you know, I had a very difficult time with my parents when I was 18, um, up until about, you know, 25. And then, and then I took my destiny in my own hands. And when I needed them, they were there to support me. When I'd also realized that I, I was stuck and that it wasn't going to, it wasn't going to work. So, um, certainly my mom, you know, mums are always supportive, aren't they? They always understand. Um, you know, she did also have probably some, a bit of a tough time with my dad. But in the end, as soon as I, it's almost like once you break the pattern, and you create that space for something new to happen. I remember writing this long letter to my dad, because I wanted to go to drama school. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there I was in London. I had a job and everything was fine. And I thought, well, maybe now he will understand because I wanted to go to drama school when I was 18. I wanted to go straight after college. And my dad said, no, probably that's a decision he regretted later on. But then who knows why? Maybe that's exactly what needed to happen. Yes. So I went in a different way. and But that it's like water finds its way wherever it goes. And I'm like, OK, I couldn't do it this time. And then, you know, Destiny had a, a different store, a different, something else in store for me. But then when I got back to it and I'd proven that I'd managed to move country, get myself a job, get myself sorted. And then I said, can I now go? You know, will you support me? And then they did. So I think they, although parents find it hard, you know, my mum's no longer around, but my, my good old dad, he's, he's just lovely. People of that generation find it maybe hard to communicate their feelings. I know he's yes. proud of me. I know he must have think, God, you know, he's done all that. And I think... Look, and then that's the feedback, you know, once they see that you're, you're going to do it anyway, mm -hmm. you're just going to do it. And then they think, well, I might as well support it. And uh, and then and I think that then just grows. And I think, you know, my parents have been an amazing, you know, I, I wouldn't be where I am now without them. And they've, they've supported me when I needed them. But they've also, you know, let me do my own thing. Mm -hmm. um, I sometimes had to fight for it. And there were difficult moments as, and discussions and arguments as there are in every family. Um, but uh, I feel like I've had a lot of struggle and hardship early on in my life. And when I took my destiny in my own hands and realised that I don't need to depend on other people to tell me what I should be doing, I can do it myself. I think that was a key moment. And from then on, everything seemed to fall into place in such a magic way that it's almost like, is this too good to be true? Um, so that's just, you know, advice I can give. I was going to say that yeah. is the real nugget of hope that, you know, Absolutely. people listening at home um, should really take away from. If, that, if there's one thing they remember from this interview, it should be that. Yeah. How important was it for you to make your dad proud or was it not? <laughs> of course it is, you know. <laughs> of course it is, you know. You... 
you have that in you you want to please your parents you want to you want to make them proud you want to you know they they give you so much you want to give something back i think the most amazing experience i've had with my family and particularly with my father because you know we we had difficult times um and we didn't speak for a while and um he took some he took some time to process who i was and what my life was going to be and it wasn't what he'd expected it wasn't what he'd maybe anticipated but all of that as well made him grow made me grow um and uh, to then, you know, come back and my dad, who said, oh, yeah, who wants to be an actor and how are you going to live and how are you going to survive and do it? And then come back and work <laughs> actually for the city and run the city theatres, him himself, who, who used to work for the city, in that kind of level of position, you know, I can only imagine what that must have meant for him. And, and, and especially as it wasn't even intended, it wasn't on my career path, mm. um, you know, and that's even... That's even more beautiful because that's exactly the proof. And I think I said it last time is, you know, if I'd wanted to, if I, if that would have been my goal, I probably wouldn't have achieved it. But it's when you don't think about that and you just think generally about, you know, just growing and learning and developing. And then something like that just comes along. And I'm, I'm someone who thinks, well, why not? Yeah, well, I could try. I had to go back to uni. I had to do an MBA. I had to do what I had to do. But I'm always the one. I'm also very open to advice. That's something I'm always key. And I take it up, you know, just. Just try it. But just yeah. try it. I'm yeah. going to do it. Yeah. Oh, if you say you're good, you know, you, you have people you trust. If they say it's good, well, why not believe them? Mm-hmm. You know, and do it. And, and it, st- it stood me in good stead every time, mm-hmm. every time. Tom, tell us about being a parent and tell us how you became a parent. Um, and perhaps you can also share how difficult it is to raise twin girls. Hmm. Yeah, that that to me is the biggest. I don't know if I can call it achievement. Um, yes. Certainly, yeah, yes. the biggest thing that's happened in my life, against all odds and against all adversity. You know, you grow up and you grow up gay, and you think, okay, right, well, that's it. You know, already you've got to deal with this, you've got to deal with that. You're not going to have a family. You're not going to, you know, you have the, the, the discrimination and all of that. And then you get through that, and then you realise, right, you know, so. I I can only say you know we I wanted to be a dad for a long time. My partner felt that I felt slightly differently about it. My husband thought that we were maybe too old, or maybe it wasn't our time. That maybe that was for the next generation. So we'd kind of almost you know we've been we've just had our our fourteenth wedding anniversary. We've been together fifteen years. Um, you know this journey started about um, eight years ago. We'd been talking about it, you know, so for, for the first few years of our marriage and then we'd sort of stopped talking about it because I realised that's not kind of, well, we didn't kind of feel that we could come to an agreement. And then one morning in April 2013, it must have been, he just literally woke up one morning and said, I've had an epiphany, let's do it. Oh, I, just got, I, know. I just got goosebumps from that. Oh, I know. And well, and you know what I'm like, you give me a thing, you tell me <laughs> yes, and I go. So we started researching, we started finding out about what... Sorry, I have to start. What yeah. triggered him? Do you know now? He said he heard a voice in the night. I mean, honestly, I know oh. it's spooky, but he literally said he doesn't know. Okay. But he had a, a dream, he had something telling him. I know. I, God, I get so emotional when yeah. I think about it. And that moment has, cha- has changed our lives in a way that, God, you know, we've just been to school yesterday getting the reports on our girls, you know, who are now six. You know, it's just the most amazing 
you know, amazing feeling. I'm so proud. And it's it, it absolutely so. So then, you know, we did our research and obviously, you know, we realised that, well, we couldn't do it here. Um, and we obviously, because my partner was British, we knew that in the UK it was more established. We particularly knew of one couple, I think the first gay couple who, who had done, um, who had gotten a child through surrogacy in America and they'd actually set up an agency. Um, so we thought, well, that's a good call. We looked at a few other options, but they were very quickly. You can't do it in the UK either, can you? You can. Oh, you no, can? No, no, you can. Okay. You can. You know, there's obviously set, it's very regulated and you have, the, there's lots of things that you have to observe, but there is, there is a way. You can have, you know, there are, you know, everything is obviously in very respect with the, towards the surrogates. Um, there are, there are certain rules, but it's legally, it's very much guided. But they as well, they, they recommended us to, so we got in touch with them. They recommended us to um, go through the US, which would be easier, um, both in, from, from legal reasons for our particular case. And then they... They got us in touch with with all the different uh, all the different partners because obviously you know there's surrogacy agencies you've got to find your surrogate and you've got to find your egg donor mm -hmm. so these are two different women um, who help us that's very important for legal reasons because the surrogate um, if she if it's her own eggs then the legal situation changes because that then means she's the you know she you need to then wait I think three months after the children are born three or six months before they are actually officially yours but if she is not one of the biological parents if so that's just a bit of technic technical details mm -hmm. so anyway, you need to find these women and, and obviously you know the the big thing obviously is um is the financing the finance part of it you know and again here you know you know obviously i thought well i'm going to speak to my dad i'm going to talk to my dad about it i knew how desperate he was to have grandchildren and i certainly <laughs> knew also that he wouldn't think that they would come from me but when we had everything in place and when we kind of knew what we were what we were looking at you know in terms of the process and in terms of the the, the finances you know we sat down and spoke to him and um again you know he was just like let's do it you know so that was obviously without him we we couldn't have done it um but it was a it was a process you know then we you know from i think still all things considered uh, it went really quite smoothly um then we go through all the medical checks you go through you know lots of lots of things and then um you know i think we were very lucky that, you know, she got pregnant first time, so the transfer worked the first time round, and the pregnancy was tricky because obviously they were twins. And that was another magic moment because she was, she was at the, you know, she was over 40, so it was considered that as a surrogate, you know, this was slightly, she was considered slightly risk because she was a bit older, especially with twins. Um, so the pregnancy was tricky, it was difficult. And at some point on the first uh, scan, ultrasound, uh, there was only one baby. Um, so we thought okay that's fine we will have one we child we'll that, have a yeah. child we'll have a child that's amazing you know because they put two in and then we thought well okay maybe something went wrong and then i remember the day i remember it really vividly when my husband called me do you know, do you know what tina's just called us and she said she's just been to her second ultrasound okay. it's two oh. i know they call it the disappearing twin it's like it's a thing during ultrasound they they hide depending on where the sacs are so we were like oh my god it's twins and but then you're still anxious aren't you yeah you're, until the very moment you hold them in your very arms oh you're my still god anxious yeah that journey yes and obviously with the time difference and her being so far away you know she was in portland oregon in the u.s mornings waking up to these text messages oh my god you know i've been in hospital again i've had bleeding i've had this i've had that i mean it was it was the most <laughs> stressful time um 
But, you know, she was brilliant. She is the, the lady with the golden heart, like we talked to Billy and Tippy, and we, we they, they've met her for the first time on, 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 on Skype uh, only a few couple of weeks ago. You know, they know. They know who she is, and they know that they are here because of her. And eternally grateful amazing what these women do mm. and you know against what everybody might think oh this is exploitation of women or whatever people might feel you know this is a woman who just loved to support other people to have a family that they couldn't have loves also a woman who just loved being pregnant yes you I, know? and i believe that because i really enjoy it yeah. as well yeah, yeah. Yes. so you know yeah. it was all it was very regulated it was all very you know it was it was really well accompanied we had this amazing agency we had great support and the journey isn't over. It's still complex because we're still not both recognised as both the parents because in Luxembourg you can still only have one father and, uh, you know, they are at the Sécurité Sociale. Everybody knows that we've got these kids but the law is just sort of trailing behind what's mm -hmm. happening in society. Because are you doing something to... Yes, we are. Yeah. Well, we're now, we're now, we're now you know, we're... we're, we're we're looking at ways to obviously make this happen and we, we, we were in touch with the Ministry of Justice and uh, apparently it's all to do with this reform of this one law which looks at filiation and surrogacy is part of that. Although I think it won't be made legal here, but at least children will be recognised who are born from surrogacy. That's the plan. But I think there's still a few hurdles to come and it's very, very slow. It's very, very frustrating to think that um, if I go under a bus tomorrow, some judge will decide whether my husband can actually, you know, be the father of both our girls. And I do have to say that's a hypocrisy in this society that we live in. Everybody's happy. Everybody loves my girls. I post something on social media and everybody loves them and so on and so forth. And then when you go and you go into the nitty gritty and it's like, I'm not even recognised yet as the dad of my other twin daughter, you know. And so, so really that's double standards. And... Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's sometimes difficult. I mean, I don't make a big hoo-ha about it. And I, I kind of just, again, I just get my head down and I'm we're working on it. But you should it. let us know that that's the situation because otherwise we wouldn't know about it. And yeah. even just knowing about it enables us to have these conversations. Yeah. And for everybody out there who has doubts about gay people or two yeah. men raising girls, you know, we've come out of our school report yesterday with just glowing, glowing reports. I mean, it, that was just the pride. And I just said to my husband, I said, well, we must be doing something right. Yes. You know, they're growing up in a creative loving environment they know they were wanted and what else does a child need than love and 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 that kind of you know support and you know they're just amazing 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 girls and i and i think that's you know for all the children in, on this planet who don't have that you know which we need to work for every single day um you know that that the children of this world have love and feel safe um and here we are in a modern society 2021 in luxembourg and we're still but we're, it's being worked at i think mm -hmm. there, there was just a huge um delay you know we're 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 no longer the only family i think we are a gr group of about five six seven families now who've gone through it it will come mm -hmm. it will come uh, a bit more patience but uh, but just important to say, it is a struggle. And, you know, and we were told actually at one of those meetings at the ministry, well, why didn't you, you know, when, I, when we were getting quite frustrated and they were saying, well, you should have thought about that before. But you weren't like, going to not have children just for that reason, were no. you? No. And it goes back to, again, what I said before, what's my drive is if you think that, you know, some people don't agree with what you're doing, you know, just do it. Yes. And, and we, that's what we thought. We're just going to do it and we're going to sort out the rest afterwards. And, it, and that's exactly how it is. And I mean, I have never felt more easy equal more a fully respected human being until i became a dad because i always felt that as a gay man without a family 
I always felt that was that was missing. And uh, with, yeah. you know, getting being able to get married was important, was great, you know. And I think we have a, a very progressive government, and you know, this is by no means a way to to get at anybody. I know how difficult all these things are, and and the reason is because a lot of government, you know, not everybody agrees on on that. What's the best way forward? But we we, we I feel that. You know, the time has now come. You know, we 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 can get married, we can have children, um, and you know, and and I know also the legal sides of it will fall into place eventually, but um, it's so rewarding to think that. God, our girls, you know, I'm going to papa and a daddy. And they, for them, it's their reality. And they do, you know, they do know what a mum is. And they have got lots of women and godmothers around them. Yeah. But then when my little Billy says, with the best family in the world, you know, you just go. Oh. <sighs> and because we're fun, because yeah. we listen to them. And because you wanted we them. them, you know, that's yeah. the thing. You went through so much to yeah. have them. And yet we have plenty of biological parents who don't even think twice about making a baby. Mm. So that should show how much more you want them yeah. than anyone else. Um, what are you like as a dad? And what do you want your legacy to your daughters to be? <sighs> well, I was surprised at how strict I am. I'm the stricter one of the two. Are you? Yeah, I'm the, I'm the stricter one. I, now, I don't know whether that is because my dad was quite strict or I don't know why, or maybe it is because I, I don't have the patience. I mean, my husband has the patience of an angel, that's for sure. And uh, he's he's the fun <laughs> dad. He does all the games and he does 101 stories and 101 I nursery I thought you would be the fun parent. I am fun as well, but in a different <laughs> way. I'm the one, you know, I get my pop music out. We do dance routines. We do dance competitions. <laughs> and I love all that. I, I, you know, I take them to music lessons. I take them to the theatre. So I think that's, you know, uh, I can be that. But I, when there's a rule, you got to stick to the rule. So and it's very I'm Luxembourgish of you. I'm a stickler for rules. So I suppose I am a Luxembourger at heart. Yeah. I'm in that quite German side. Yeah. Quite strict, you know, elbows on the table, no hands <laughs> on the table, manners, all of those things. And, you know, and manners and all of yes. that. I am at them. And God, you, you must know, you, you will know soon when your children grow up, you know, every day you tell them. And every day, <laughs> it's like, thank you. <laughs> and what's the magic word? Uh, thank you. They know it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, um, that's that was surprising. And sometimes, and I think also during lockdown, there are moments when you think, oh God, now, now I've got to really calm down because you realise that when tempers go up and mm -hmm. the pressure cooker, uh, you know, gets too much, you think, okay, now it's time to go out for a walk and just get some fresh it's air. It's for you as well. Yeah. You know, not just for them. It's for your own mental health as well, you know. Like, I've caught myself saying to my children, oh, stop being so childish <laughs> when they were three. You know, it's like... Oh, Tom, stop it now. You know, I think it's also this high expectations I have of yeah. myself and I have of others. And, uh, you know, and you have them of your own children. And that's something I know I have to manage. Um, but at the same time, I'm, God, give me a good story, take them to a play, have a laugh, singing, you know. They go to F.A. Musicale and the teacher's written us the most beautiful letter just saying, God, you know, your children are so uninhibited and they just sing and dance and they encourage everybody else. Um, so I, I am a good time person, but I'm also, so, yeah, I'm also the, the strict, I'm the, I'm the bad cop, mm -hmm. in a way. Um, well, somebody has to be, so, right? Yeah. And that's okay, yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, my husband, he also, when it's too much, it's too much. But they're a force of nature, these two. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's like, you've got to be, otherwise they just take over. Yeah. Uh, already, you know, you get a six-year-old, you get a bit of attitude. It's like, yeah. 
Oh. I said, like, don't talk to me like that. Don't you raise your voice to me, young lady. Um, so I don't know exactly where it's coming from. Um, but, you know, all with good measure. Um, um, and generally speaking, you know, I, I'm uh, obviously, I, it's also, I, I suppose it is with my job. I've got, I've got a lot of responsibility. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, but then again, coming back to that extra time I've had. And now I think what will be very difficult if things resume slightly to coming back to what they were before. And if I start travelling again more and working more evenings, I think that will be really hard for them. We're just back to that, yeah. You know, I went to only to Saarbrücken, which is an hour and 15 minutes away the other night. And they were like, why do you have to go to Germany? What are you doing? What are you doing there? And, you know, they were really like, you know, wondering where I went. So that'll be... That's hard, isn't it? That'll be hard because they're just used to me being around and they love it. And I'm grateful that I've had that time. And, and also, you know, maybe looking at maybe maybe less travel can happen. You know, I don't need to... I'm certainly not going to take a plane anymore to go for a meeting. Mm -hmm. Those days are over. Obviously, if you've got to go and see a show, mm -hmm. you've got to go and see a show. That's different. But um, I think we've also learned from this pandemic that, you know, carbon footprint and all of that, we need to be responsible with our environment. And before I go onto a plane for, for some meeting, you know, that little have to be a very important meeting and you just switch on your, your screen and you do it on there. Mm -hmm. So um, we've adapted, haven't we? Yes, we have. So what would you like your legacy to be? Today? My legacy. Um, I think it's that spirit the spirit that anything is possible, that you you have to know who you are and listen to who you are. I think that's important. If you are different, if you, whatever you think that your dream is, whatever you think that who you are, what you want, you know, listen to yourself and then, you know, find, I, I, I want my legacy to be that, um, you know, this this open-minded, free spirit who, who, against adversity, you know, achieved what I have achieved. And, you know, no one got hurt. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I we just did what we wanted to do. And, um, you know, it is possible. Care for the people around you. Um, you know, what you give, what I always believe in that, you know, what you give, you get back in some ways, you know. Um, and that belief in the good in people, and believe in the good in yourself. Love yourself. You know, like RuPaul says, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love anyone else? <laughs> uh, but it is that. And I, and I think, you know, through the arts, through our expression, use all our, what is at our disposal to express ourselves, whatever way it be. Be yourself and express yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, I learned it through theatre, through becoming an actor. That was my outlet. Um, and you look where it's got me. So if you've got something else out there, I think that just, it's, it's about that belief in yourself and, and express it. I think that's so important. Like you said, you know, there's still so many things that don't get talked about and that so many things that we feel like we can't say or we can't. Yes, we can you know and even if it is difficult so I want my girls to have that feeling that whoever they are whoever they grow up to be that they can express themselves and that, that they will find that spirit to realize their dreams and be who they are and allow themselves to be just that because it will be fine and if they trust themselves and if they you know the, the support is out there uh, and you take it so I don't know whether that is a legacy but um, um, you know I just sort of yeah, you want them to have what I, what what I managed to do mm -hmm. without and the hardship. Hopefully, without the right? hardship, yes. No, absolutely, without the yes. hardship, without yeah. the adversity, and without mm. the hardship. Yeah. But I suppose with your guidance, you know, all along the way, you can kind of 
through osmosis, they should be mm. able to absorb this tenacity that you have and this resilience without the adversity, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, that's the, the one thing that you do worry. And I, I know it was one of the reasons why we were hesitant to, to go on this journey with parenthood. Um, and you're so... Because you don't want them to... I was bullied at school. And, you know, that thing that, oh, you know, I mean, my, my, my husband is adopted, you know. Um, he, he grew up in an adopted family. And, you know, he was at school. They used to sing, where's your mother gone? Where's your mother? All of that. And then you kind of go, and then there's snippets of it. But they, you know, I was, we were worried, oh, God, oh God, I hope, you know, they don't get that at school. And, of course, they, they will get it in some ways and people will ask questions. But now I see at six... They're so confident. <laughs> Someone asks them where your mummy is. I mean, they will. They will know what, do what they to say. Well, yeah, they say we don't have a mummy. You know, and that was a really important. I mean, again, uh, I know we could talk for so much longer. I mean, uh, about about this particular thing, but it, I think it's a very because I know you you want young people to listen who maybe who think that God, we want to go on that journey because the question about the ma mother that was a very important one and we got brilliant advice really very early on you know from from psychologists for, for, for people who work with children for people who'd gone that same on that same route you know because we were thinking well how are we going to handle it what are we going to tell them you know and you know there were suggestions to say you know and, and we felt that we want to be honest with them we want to be honest with them and the thing was to 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 really say that it's much easier to just say there's lots of different families out there some have a mummy and a daddy some have two mummies you have a, a, a daddy and a papa and there is no mother because there is no one in their lives that fulfills that motherly role mm -hmm. and even now sometimes they go tina and then when they when they want to wind you up they go yeah and and if I could choose, you know, and I'll have a mother or whatever, I'm a mummy. And I said, well, who would that then be? Who would be your mummy? And then they go, Tina. And I said, oh, Tina, she's in Portland. Well, that'll be tricky. So they know full well. Yes. You know, they know it. how to wind you up, don't they? know they? how to wind you up. At but, six. <clears throat> at six. But the thing is, you know, um, and although my dad found it difficult to accept that, you know, he would he felt that they would feel that they were missing something, mm. but they haven't never known anything no. else. It's better than living up with a fantasy mother in America. Yeah. What is that going to What is that going to do to their brains? Yeah. So, and they, uh, you, anybody ask them, any top dick and Tom Dick and Harry ask them, you know, they say we don't have a mother, mm -hmm. and it's true, mm -hmm. and they're not worse off for it. They're not worse off for it. It's just their reality, and they have got a papa and a daddy who care for them, who love them, and God, they'll tell anybody who knows i love it you know you go to the bitterboya park and you're at the big giant sculpture and all the kids and then somebody asks them and they just tell their whole life story i'm like <laughs> yes billy you don't have to quite go that far yes and we have a papa and we have a daddy and, but i'm just thinking good on you because yes. that's what you're going to need all your life yeah. you're going to stand up for yourself you're going to tell other people yes you're different your family's different but you know and they, they they know that and i think they uh yeah as long as again well it's what we said that's the legacy so already maybe we see little sparks of that mm -hmm. just accept who you are be proud of who you are express yourself you know you're right you are right you're exactly how the, the way you're meant to be you know that's exactly right where you are and that's always what i've what i've lived by what i want my children to live by and i think i do believe in a wider sphere of karma and the hardship I had in my early years of my life, I didn't have time to share all of it because it would go too far, but I feel it's all come back. I feel like what I had to go through, and when, like I said, when I made that decision to take my destiny into my own hands and not listen to the people who get you down, listen to the people who think that, you know, they are, they are better, it all turned around. Mm -hmm. And look where I am today. My wildest dreams, some things I never thought were possible, 
But also I, I healed some rifts. I, I spoke with my dad. We took the time and we, we, we made up. You know, that's, you know, don't nudge, don't foster resentment and don't and clear up your arguments with people because those are the very people that you, when, when you're going to need them. You know, had I not done that, well, you know, where would we be now? Where would we be now? True. You know, it's so important, especially that's another thing the pandemic has, has shown us, I suppose, you know. Who, who do we really have that we can rely on? And, and that's important to, to value because it'll, it'll come back to you a hundredfold, mm -hmm. really. I mean, from my experience, certainly. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> there's a lot of people listening to this that will relate to a lot of things that you've spoken about, but there's something else there. The suicide rate in Luxembourg for young men is very high. Mm. What can we do to change that as a society? Mm. And what can somebody who's listening, who feels that there's no way out, do in their situation? Mm. It's a difficult question. Well, no, I it know is, it it's is, such it is, a difficult <clears throat> question. I know. I I know about that rate, and and it is it is absolutely. I can't ignore <clears throat> it. You know. No, you can't. I hope that you know through some of the things I've said, and you know, and I, and I have been there, you know, and I had those thoughts myself, and I mm -hmm. thought there's no way out. I couldn't see a way out. We do have to become a more open society. We have to become more respectful of all our differences, about all the different, um, all the differences, who we are, where we're from. There is still a lot of shine and gloss and underneath it's like not talked about. Um, I think we're on the right track, you know, but I lived for 10 years in the UK and I'm sure you know it too. You know, that just that, that, that culture of arguing discussion and and debate you know the feeling that you know there is an outlet for it and that it can be discussed and that you don't have to be afraid and that you could bring things up quite and healthy talk about isn't it, it actually yeah. yeah it might not look it from people who mm. don't see people arguing a lot but those kind of debates that you have between friends i know it doesn't change much you know you're having dinner you're having <clears> a glass of wine and you all debate the topic and i know it doesn't change much the next day but you do feel better well and I think, I mean, when I realised how I felt when I was 18 or 17, 16, you know, feeling like the only gay in the village, literally, um, and not wanting to go to school anymore, you know, being bullied, all of that. And then I think it's, of course, it is what uh, it is about reaching out. It's about finding that person you can confide in. It's, I, I believe in creating alliances. You know, you have to find those people that you think that you can trust and you, you don't be afraid to talk to them. I know it's difficult and I know it's a downward spiral. And the more you get into it, the less you want to. And the more you get into it, the more you're going to put up a front. You know, don't think you have to put up a front. Uh, because that that's exactly you know that 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 is because of the expectations i know the pressure but i also i think there's a message out there after this pandemic and i certainly realized you know when i was in my, my 80s my dad didn't want me to go to drama school because he thought i had to go and work for a bank because that's what everybody did well look where we are now you know those jobs at the bank are just as uncertain you know and i've now got a stable job mm -hmm. you know a, a stable job because i went for my dream and i and i, I realized my ambition you know so I know expectations are a lot of pressure. We need to do more. And we're certainly going to work. We're working on it also at the theatre, you know, working on difficult topics, talking about difficult subjects, you know. Yes, it's fine to have a high gloss musical for Christmas. Yes, of course, we all need our entertainment and big dance productions. But at the core, we really want to also open up the conversation with our audience, with young people, with people from marginalised backgrounds, with people from, you know, from um, different, you know, different communities. Um, and... Uh, 
So all I can say is really, I think we need to be open. We need to let these people know that there is a place for them, that there is support out there. There's always a friend. There's always someone to call. And, and the other thing is you can change your mind in life. Don't think because you made a choice at some point that that's what you have to do for the rest of your life. If it's not working out, change your mind. Just change your mind. It's never too late, is it? Never too late, you know, never too late. Tom, before I let you go, there is a, a final question for you. You did answer this last time, but perhaps it's now different because your girls are older mm. and you've lived through more now. Mm. Um, what's the best piece of advice you would give your 18-year-old self? My 18-year-old self? Yes. If you could go back and see yourself at 18... I probably would say, you know, the trust yourself. Trust your instinct. Listen. You know, listen to the people who mean you well. Trust your own instinct. And, you know, you can change your mind. You know, you don't have to you know this might not be it and that's okay you know and um yeah things will be all right <laughs> maybe in an alternative universe he's listening and very grateful for that so thank you for sharing um so that brings us to the end mm. tom Thank you so much for everything you've shared with us. And as we said before the interview started, even if it's just one person who's heard something you've said and they've changed their mind about something mm. and they're going to take a positive turn, you've done more than enough. Mm, of course. No, it's a pleasure. It's always a pleasure talking to you. And it's, it's, I always find it quite, you know, you, you just become present to what you, what you have in your life. You count your blessings. You think, yes. God, you know... Um, and that's why I, I enjoy talking about it. And if, if you can have that added benefit that someone out there thinks, oh, you know, I'm stuck and I'm not, oh, God, you know, and, and, and gets them to reach out, then, you know, all the better for it. Mm -hmm. I think we can become incredibly stuck, especially after the pandemic. There are people who think there really is no way out. Mm. I think moments like this can make you go, okay, let's just reset and try again. Yeah. And it worked for you, and I'm sure it'll work for someone else out there. So thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Thank um, you. And we wish you the best of luck with all the productions for the theatre. And we look forward to seeing what summer is going to bring for the programme as mm, well. So absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye.